The Three Ultimate Questions in Life, with Ann Wood, the author of The Divine Detour, on episode number 263 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You have no lifestyle indicators. I had low blood pressure, low cholesterol. My numbers were excellent. And then three weeks later, I was in my doctor's office with what I thought was the flu. I was just feeling sluggish. Not really that bad, honestly. Not myself. Thinking I'm going to get a steroid shot, maybe an antibiotic. And he ended up taking an x-ray of my chest. And as he's leading me down to the x-ray lab, he said, if we're lucky... It's pneumonia. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello again, good people, and welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. A pleasure and a privilege to allow me into your ears wherever you find yourself at today. Out taking a drive, working out, doing laundry, whatever you're doing, thank you for allowing me this privilege. I'm coming to you today from the Loft Home Studios just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, and I'm here to speak a good word into your life, a good word about how to overcome adversity in your life and achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. You can always always head over to drbradmiller.com for over 260 episodes of this podcast designed to help you to grow through what you go through. And at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway, you can find out more about our courses and our coaching. Today, we're talking about some of the ultimate questions in life. In fact, our author guest today, proposes that there are three ultimate questions in life that people ask, particularly when they're going through some form of adversity. Lori Ann Wood was going through life relatively well. She was a college professor, enjoying life with her husband and her her children, who were uh, both in high school and college age, when unexpectedly she was struck by a major health issue a huge issue, a huge cardiac issue of the heart. It was a life-threatening issue, and it threw her for a loop, to say the least. And this is the story of the day in her book. She outlines what happened to her in her health journey, and then the three ultimate questions that she came up with that she decided, or she was uh, came out of her own writing and journaling that became a process of, finding some new direction in the adversity which has struck her. The book is called The Divine Detour. The path you'd never choose can lead to the faith you've always wanted. And in this first part of a three-part series of messages we have here today, Lorianne Wood lays out what happened to her, the terrible circumstances she found herself in, and how writing and journaling and how processing this with her husband, with friends and others, they came away in which she can make some sense of it based on three powerful questions. We'll let her unpack those in our episode here today, as that's the focus, her health story, 
and these three powerful questions. That's here on episode number 263. On episode number 264, which I invite you to come back to, we have the second part of our interview with Lori Ann Wood, where she begins to give us some direction about what to do, how to answer, how to respond to these three powerful life questions. You're going to want to tune in, in to that episode number 264. Then episode 265, I myself am going to teach a little bit about questions, about how to learn and teach and make and respond to great questions and how we can learn from great questions. This is an important episode to to listen to here today, friends, especially if you're going through some major crisis of your own and you are dealing with life's ultimate questions. We dig into it here today with Lori Ann Wood, the author of The Divine Detour. You can find her at laurieandwood.com. Right now, let's get into our conversation with Lori Ann Wood, right now. Lori Ann Wood, welcome to, to Beyond Adversity. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. But you've got a, a new book called Divine Detour, and it, you were cruising along pretty good in life, and then something happened of a health nature. Kind of set the framework for what your book's about and what kind of adversity you had, had to face in your life. You're right. I was having a normal life, I thought, a pretty planned life. And this was about seven years ago. I had a medical evaluation and it was for just a general evaluation for a life insurance policy. And they said, you have less than 3% chance of ever developing heart disease. You have no family history. You have no risk factors. You have no lifestyle indicators. I had low blood pressure, low cholesterol. My numbers were excellent. And then three weeks later, I was in my doctor's office with what I thought was the flu. I was just feeling sluggish. Not really that bad, honestly. Not myself. Thinking I'm going to get a steroid shot, maybe an antibiotic. And he ended up taking an x-ray of my chest, and as he's leading me down to the x-ray lab, he said, if we're lucky, it's pneumonia. Qualifier, if we're lucky, sounds a bit ominous. Yes, it was. What they found on that x-ray was that my heart was very enlarged. My Cleveland Clinic doctor later told me it was the largest heart she'd ever seen. Heart was functioning at 6% that day. I was direct admitted into cardiac ICU and I spent two weeks there. Later learned that doctors didn't think I was going to ever leave that hospital. I was in pretty bad shape, but really didn't feel that bad, strangely enough. I spent all that time with defibrillator pads stuck to my chest, crash cart outside my door. We just held on to see what was going to happen next. I, w I did eventually go home from that, obviously. I spent about nine months wearing an external defibrillator, which is a life vest that is a battery pack you carry around with electrodes that will shock you when your heart needs it. Wore that for nine months. And then also they titrated every medication they could find to its highest dosage possible. And I'm still on all those medications and I still have my device. The strange part of this story, I just wasn't getting any better. I went for 16 months and we were trying everything and mm. really nothing was working. And then I came down with appendicitis 16 months to the day from when I was diagnosed with heart failure. They 
Nobody wanted to do surgery on me because my heart was so weak. Did an echocardiogram, which is how they check my heart function, and found that it was functioning at near normal. It, that really was as much of a surprise as... Before it was only 6% and now it was near normal. And this is based on the treatments they were giving you or what were they telling you? They didn't know. They had never seen anything like that. Since then, I've talked to a lot of medical people who said, I've never heard of anybody have a single digit what's called an EF, which is an ejection fraction, get back up to normal and survive as long as you have. We just didn't know what, but my doctor did say that I was nearing the window of when they were about to give up on the treat. They usually don't let you go that long without oh. taking some more drastic measures. And just to back up a second here, just to give a little framework, do you mind sharing about your context, what I mean by that, about how old you were at the time this all happened. Were you married? Did you have family, kids? What was the, were you working? I just turned 51. I still had kids at home. I had some in college, married. Like I said, I had never really even been on a prescription medication. So you're pretty healthy up until that point as well. Extremely healthy. I did know that I, my husband runs marathons. And so okay. I knew I wasn't in as good a shape as him. Didn't recognize the symptoms that I should have. But were you physically active? And I wouldn't say that I was someone who exercised regularly, but I did walk regularly. Is he doing all the things I and There was nothing holding you back. Time. Your physical health or your lifestyle wasn't holding yeah. you back, wasn't debilitating. And it sounded like then you went through this whole scenario where you were debilitated for, what, a year and a half or more? Of yeah, before I had, I had taught college for about 25 years and... So once I got this heart failure, that I couldn't really stand up and give a lecture for a couple of hours at a time anymore. That was one of the things. But I was I had a lot of different warning signs as far as inclines, shortness of breath. I don't think I even knew what that meant at the time. I was passing it off as getting older, being out of shape, all the things. And then when it came to what it was. And it was staring me in the face. I could see those symptoms in the rearview mirror that were screaming at me that I didn't really take seriously at the time. Kind of the weird part of my story is I was trained to be a community educator for Women Heart, which is an advocacy group for women with heart disease. We were trained at Mayo. And one of the things that I learned early on is that heart failure is considered to be a chronic progressive disease. Chronic means it never goes away. Progressive means it just gets worse. It only goes in one direction. As I was rolling all of that around in my mind, I didn't like the chronic part because yeah. I was not familiar with that. Yeah. I, I was familiar with terminal yeah. <laughs> and curable but not chronic. And the strange thing was that was why we were so shocked when my heart failure and my heart function went up to near normal hmm. after 16 months. That To finish the story, that was in 2017 when it climbed into normal, 16 months after my diagnosis. But then about a year and a half after that, my heart function dropped and I was in active heart failure again. What was happening, I later learned, is that during that downward progression that heart failure has, you can have some spikes that go up on that graph, but still your overall direction is still 
downward. And so I was in one of those spikes Okay. when I got that near normal reading. And I thought that was the end of my story. Obviously, I thought I was everything was finished and it was done. Right now, I'm on that trajectory. I have plateaued at a lower level than normal down there. I am a very high functioning heart failure patient. So you said you're high functioning. So you're still a heart patient, but are you able to do most of the things that you want to do now? I have adjusted my expectations for what I can do. I've had several of these conversations with my doctor because I was one of those that were like, what do I have to do to get back to where I was? I'll do it. Okay. And we titrated all the meds and we did everything we could do. And then they ran out of bullets. I can function really well, but my day is very short because the double whammy of heart failure is that it zaps your energy because your heart is working so hard to do what it's doing. It wears you out. But the medication that treats heart failure also causes fatigue. Oh, boy. So you, my day is very short, but I try to pack in there what I can pack in there. I told you I taught college before, and I couldn't stand up there and lecture anymore. But I did find that I could sit at my desk and type. Okay. And that didn't take near as much energy. And therefore, <laughs> you became a writer, and you wrote a book. That's right. Tell me more. Go a little deeper for me. What led you to write this particular book, Divine Detour? I had a friend drop a little notebook by my hospital room when I was in ICU. And I think she, I had my kids at home. I was, she probably meant for me to write instructions about what to do with the kids or to doctor's notes or whatever. But what I used that notebook for is when I would wake up in the middle of the night, I would just write my complaints in there, my questions. And these weren't questions for the doctors. These were just questions about life and faith and grounding. And I just wrote questions and complaints. And my idea was, I'm going to get those out of my head. When this is all over, I'm going to throw that notebook away. Okay. And it's all going to be done. I thought of it as a little bit like catharsis, that I just wanted it out. Okay. And then I was going to get rid of it. Okay. My husband kept telling me, though, he said, you need to just keep write, keep writing things down. We were in the middle of this story that we didn't want, and things mm. were not going the right direction. Yeah. And he kept telling me, be writing this down, be writing this down. And I didn't want to mm. because it wasn't the story I wanted. But those writings eventually and those complaints and questions eventually formed this book. They really migrated into three questions. These are the three questions that everybody asks. And especially when you get thrown off on a detour, that's when yeah. it begs to be answered. Let's talk about that. You, your book's called The Divine mm -hmm. Detour. And so the detour part, we get you're cruising along as a college teacher and you're pretty healthy and you're married, got kids. And the detour is when heart disease comes and you're on a different path. Path. The divine part, let's talk about that. What what makes this the divine detour and not the ugly detour or the broken hearted detour? Any number of things that we could say here. What makes it the divine detour? It, I think it started out differently, but it's. I remember a friend being in my hospital room that was a doctor in a different, not a cardiac doctor, but a different area. And I had maybe been in the hospital not even a week at that point. Everything was still new and crazy. 
And he said, your numbers are abysmal. And furthermore, the heart is the only muscle in the body that can't repair itself. Once you lose muscle in your heart, it's gone. I still didn't know what any of that meant, but I knew it wasn't good. And I knew that things were going to change in a big way. So I took that notebook. I took those questions started writing about them on a blog. People were asking me questions and I didn't want to reiterate it a hundred times. So I just put it on a blog. And then that kind of grew into more questions, more general questions. And people started saying, you know what? I'm not on the detour that you're on. I Maybe I lost my child or I'm going through a divorce or I'm facing bankruptcy. That's a detour. It's different than your detour but I'm asking the same questions that you're asking. That's when I knew that divine part was taking shape. And so what happened with my writing, which eventually became articles and parts of anthologies, and then became, I eventually wrote this book, that those three questions are the same three questions that Jesus wrestled with in the desert before he began his public ministry. When you think about it, that was a detour for him. He he was ready to go. He had this plan that he was going to do public ministry. And then God said, you know what? We're going to go to the desert first. During that time in the desert, we call them the temptations, the three temptations when Satan tempted Christ in the desert. Anytime we're faced with a temptation, we're asking ourselves an internal question. We're asking if it's worth it, we're asking what our value system is. We're asking if it makes any difference. Those questions, those things that Jesus wrestled with were what I was wrestling with in my own desert. So let's be clear from it and set the framework of your book and what our conversation is. You've mentioned now three questions and the temptations are the questions that Jesus faced in the wilderness experience. And part of what we teach here on Beyond the Diversity is this wilderness experience that people go through when they have adversity, go through a bad experience or a wilderness experience. They got to get through that to get to the other side. I like to call it the promised life in my teaching. What are they? What, let's just state them. What are the three questions? And let's start to get into it. The three questions, the first one I call the question of worry. And the question, is this life all there is? When we think about the account in scripture about Jesus in the desert, Satan was saying, tell these stones to become bread. So if this life is all there is, go ahead and eat that bread. Worry about today. Worry about your immediate needs. Worry about your comfort. And that should be your main focus. And so that's the first main life question. Is this life all there is? And the second question is what I call a question of doubt. That question, is God always good? We're saying, okay, I get it. There's a God, but is he always good? Because right. what I'm feeling right now doesn't feel so good. Yeah, because bad things do happen. And there's an old book from a long time ago, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. And it does happen where bad things happen. We don't get it. I had a, there was a child, just thinking about it in my church I go to now, where a two-year-old child died unexpectedly. And you'd said, that's, 
when a child dies, that's a really hard one to figure out there to, to deal with. You know, the family mm-hmm. is having a hard time. But I, let's focus on your story now. You have this, you have the question of worry, or the question of doubt. And the third one is the question of control. Is God's plan where I'm headed on this detour, is that enough or can I right my own ship and get back on the road I want to be on? And can I be in control of this? And there were things along that question that I wrestled with. So, well, so many things that that came up with the question of control. That might have been the most difficult one for, mm-hmm. for You're asking things like, am I wasting my life? Why am I on this dead end path that doesn't make any sense. It's not what I planned. It's not what I saw coming. It's not what I hoped for. This has to do with a sense of finding purpose or meaningfulness in your life? Yes, yes. You're talking about, you're worrying about disappointing and failure on your own part. And then just trust. This isn't looking good, but I do I trust? Do I trust this to a higher power or do I just try to plow through this and make this happen? And those were the three main buckets that everything on my detour was migrating into. That's going to be a great place for us to hit the pause button and leave it at that for this episode, episode number 263 of Beyond Adversity with Lori Ann Wood. Those three questions that she laid out there, those three questions of the question of worry, is this life all that there is? And the question of doubt is God is God still good? And the question of control, am I in control or is God in control? Those are three powerful questions. I found Lorraine Wood a very engaging and personal person to talk to. I enjoyed having a conversation with her. I learned a lot from being with her, and I hope that you did too. But particularly those three questions. In episode 264, we're going to come back to Lorraine Wood for the second part of this interview. We're going to dig deeper into those three questions and what she did to answer those questions for herself and how it can be a direction for you. So if you want to find some direction to responding to the three questions she outlined, please join us in episode number 264 of Beyond Adversity as we continue our conversation with Lorianne Wood. You could find Lorianne at, at, at lorianwood.com. And you can find out more about her book, The Divine Detour, The Path You'd Never Choose Can Lead to the Faith You've Always Wanted. Here at drbradmiller.com, you can always find out more about many aspects of overcoming adversity. That's what we're all about here. There are many adversities. We have the health adversity, which Lorianne laid out for us here. But as she mentioned, people came to her with all kinds of other issues. It might have been divorce or financial problems or the death of a loved one or some other disease, not necessarily the heart disease that she was dealing with or depression, any number of things. These things happen. We have many experts we, we've had on the 260-plus episodes of, Divine, of, of Beyond Adversity who've spoken to these issues. So I really want to encourage you to go to our back catalog at drbradmiller.com and find an episode which speaks to the situation you're in in life, or maybe you can pass it along to someone else to be helpful to them. Then at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayways, where you find out more about our coaching and about our courses. We're here to be helpful to you. And if it's been helpful to you today, I invite you to tune in again on our upcoming episodes, 260 
four, where Laurie Edwood speaks about the answers to these three questions, and 265, where I'm going to speak about and teach about the power of asking great questions. We're here to serve you because we love you. And if you have found something of value here, pass it on to somebody else that you know can be helpful too. You can always find me here at drbradmiller.com and in all the links and all the various podcast directories. We're here to serve you because we love you, because we want to help you to indeed overcome adversity, achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. Hope you join us next time on, on Beyond Adversity. Until then, this is Dr. Brad Miller encouraging you to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.